You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined by Craig Hoffman. Um, he's the co-host of Take Command, an Odyssey Brother podcast. Um, he's been in Washington. He covered Kirk Cousins. He covered Kevin O'Connell for, for a, the years that he was there. Um, and, and we're happy to have him on um, today. Uh, Craig, we talked a lot about this from a kind of a Vikings angle, from a Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell angle in, in the last segment. But this commander's team, like three straight wins, four and four, if they're in another division, they, they might be in contention for, you know, sniffing, you know, the, a division title, just they, they by nature play in a, a division with the seven and O Eagles, the five and two Giants or the five and two Cowboys. So it's like, how good is this team? Because we we've seen them string together three wins. Um, I, I just, I, I can't get a gauge on them. You're obviously around there more than we are. Um, how good is this commander's team um, that the Vikings are dealing with on Sunday? Honestly, Dane, I don't think they're very good. Um, <laughs> I said this earlier this year, and I just was like, they're a bad football team. And uh, people kind of freaked out. And then they were one and four, and I look like a genius. And now they're four and four, and I look a, you know, a little less of a genius. But I still really don't think that through this winning streak, much has changed. Um, mm-hmm. And it really comes down to a very simple fact. I don't think they're well coached offensively, which is why, you know, when we first started our conversation, I said that the decision for Ron Rivera to bring Scott Turner here uh, instead of Kevin Mm -hmm. O'Connell was a very bad one. Um, And that goes deeper in some of the stuff that was happening at the time. But uh, overall, like they just don't get the most out of their talent. Uh, The quarterback situation, which I'm sure we'll talk about, is complicated. But part of that, too, is even with the quarterbacks they have, whether it be Wentz previously or now Heineke, they have one of the best skill position groups in the league. Like, Terry McLaurin is a bad dude. And by bad dude, I mean great receiver. He's phenomenal. <laughs> Maybe not on Justin Jefferson. If Justin Jefferson's an A+, Terry's an A. Right? Like, he's incredible. They're different kind of receivers, but, like, Terry's ridiculous. Curtis Samuel is phenomenal. Antonio Gibson is really, really dangerous. And part of their off- their resurgence has been getting him the ball more, one of their running backs. Brian Robinson's mm-hmm. very solid as a rookie. J.D. McKissick, who may or may not play this weekend, is, uh, 
you know, he, he's a little up in the air, uh, but when he's healthy, he's super useful. Uh, and obviously the rookie Jahan Dotson, when he's been out there has been exceptional for a rookie, although he's probably out this weekend as well with the a hamstring injury that he re-injured a couple weeks ago. Um, but the, the, the larger point is like, they've got weapons and they do not utilize them in the ways that say Kevin is usual, utilizing Justin Jefferson or was utilizing Irv Smith or, you know, Dalvin cook, like Kevin understands that it's about who you have and maximizing their talent. And that's your scheme. Scott is like, we have an offense that my dad ran and this is how I learned it in the book. And we're just going to run the plays. And he's gotten a little bit better the last couple of weeks. And I do think part of that is Taylor has a deeper understanding of this offense than Carson did, but it's still not great. Like their offensive resurgence, like they're scoring 17 points a game. Uh, you know, or whatever it is, you know, they, they get 23 against the Packers. They beat the bears because of a muffed punt in the last mm-hmm. couple of minutes. And, and they had, you know, against the Packers, there was a key muffed punt as well. So it's like, it's, it's really not that impressive to me. And defensively they face bad offenses. Um, not that they're not playing well, not that this defense isn't good. If, like Kevin and that offensive staff have their hands full. Kirk has his hands full this week without question, but can they put up 24, 30 points on this defense if the defense plays like it did the last couple of weeks where they let a bunch of big plays uh, go by and, and the offenses couldn't take advantage? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what scares me, I think, for the commanders of these next two weeks is you have Minnesota, obviously, this weekend, and then they have Philly the weekend after. And that's uh, that's pretty scary uh, in terms of, of the big play potential and, and the way they've been playing not being good enough. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How, how has Taylor Heineke looked? I mean, obviously he's put together the two wins. Um, he's someone Vikings fans know pretty, pretty well, just because he was kind of that darling of, of preseason of, of training camp of mini camp back in the day. Um, we can probably get more into this when I join your guys show later, but he was going to be the starter the, the year that, that, that Teddy blew out his knee. Um, but Taylor kind of did something. Uh, we won't get too deep into that. And, and in the off season um, that kind of in, enabled him to be able to do that. Um, but how has he looked in, in, in the offense so far? What does he bring? Um, and, and you touched on it a little bit last segment. Um, that's different from Carson. Why does the offense seem to, to kind of believe in this guy and rally around him? Well, I mean, from a belief standpoint, it starts with his story, right? Like he was there with you guys in Minnesota, went to Houston, never actually played in a game, uh, ultimately is on his couch, uh, or, you know, goes to Carolina, plays like one game in, in the 2018 season with Ron and Scott and company. And then he's waiting on his couch in 2020 as their emergency quarterback. And then he finally gets the call up for a playoff game and, and actually plays decently well. And so everyone, you know, has this legend of Taylor Heineke and um, undrafted the way he plays, the scrappiness, the competitiveness. There's a lot of that, that intangible stuff that uh, helps inspire belief amongst others. He has a, the memory of a goldfish, which is a great thing for a quarterback to have, not something that Kirk always had when he was here uh, for whatever that's worth. Um, but Taylor last week throws what should have been a game ending backbreaking interception against the Colts. And then uh, goes and leads a 12 play drive for a field goal and a nine play drive for a touchdown. And they win the game. So 
that kind of stuff, I think, endears him to his teammates. But from a, like a more functional standpoint, he just understands the offense and understands it on a conceptual level where it's like, we're trying to get this guy the ball and this concept and we're trying to attack that right now. And Carson would be like, what's the coverage? If the coverage is this, then I'm supposed to, oh no, it's covered. And it just, it didn't happen fast enough for him. Carson's a guy that likes to see it and not anticipate. Taylor throws with great anticipation often, which can be good and bad, um, but mostly is good. Um, He's also mobile and this offensive line is not very good right now. Um, They have not been playing well, but his ability to one, get the ball out quickly and two, move within and get outside of the pocket has been a complete game changer. If Carson Wentz had played the last two weeks, we're looking at six to eight sacks per game. Taylor's taken a total of three and that ability to keep your offense on schedule by not being in second and 19 all the time uh, has made an enormous difference for this team. They've had a bunch of bad screen passes that they need to clean up so that they've got some second and 14 situations last week that really killed them uh, in third and longs they didn't convert. But I think that's the biggest difference is the the conceptual understanding, the anticipation and the mobility have been the change for him uh, compared to Carson that have, that have really set this offense forward. You, you talk about the conceptual understanding and it, it kind of clicked to me like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Kirk and, and Kevin have a, have a history and, and Taylor and Scott have a history. Scott loved Taylor. He was obsessed with Taylor during their time in Minnesota. So it's not too surprising that like he was someone who helped him get into the league and he's someone who helped him stay into the league. And now they're having success, um, success in the very like micro sense um, because like to your earlier point, how good are the commanders? We don't know. But over the past couple of weeks, um, that that tandem has looked successful. Um, last one here, and then we'll kind of wrap. The defense you mentioned, um, giving up too many big plays. But Kirk was asked about the defensive front yesterday, and, and it would seem if the, the commanders are going to rattle Kirk this weekend, it's going to be by pressuring him. Um, yep. When he gets pressured, especially up the middle, he kind of folds like a lawn chair. Um, how... how impactful could this defensive front be i know chase young just got uh, designated for injury for return off the injured reserve i i I don't think he'll be ready but like do you think he do you think the defensive front is something that that could kind of fluster kirk cousins knowing what you know about the defense and knowing what you know about kirk cousins ability to handle pressure absolutely um if they win i would say that's probably the best path for it um now Mm -hmm. yes chase chase is very unlikely to play he just went through individual drill on wednesday uh and they're really anticipating him making his debut on monday night next week against philadelphia sure so they've got that 21 day window uh but the the bad news for the vikings is they've got three other first rounders and those dudes are really good football players and by the way the guys Mm -hmm. that have been replacing chase are Good football players. James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, uh, F.A. Obata have all made impacts this year. And they, they unlike what Chase was doing last year, like this defense really struggled last year with guys freelancing and, and it caused a bunch of big plays to be given up. And the guys that replace Chase just do their job. And, and it's actually been a nice compliment to Montez Sweat on the other side who, while he doesn't have massive sack numbers this year, does have uh, one of the – he's top five, maybe top three. At one point, he was leading the league in pressures. I haven't checked the stats this week, but he is he's having a really good year in terms of his impact that he has. He's also a great run defender. Uh, so that's that's been something that they've, they've really excelled at is stopping the run against some of the best rushing offenses in the league. Um, I think – 
in terms of the interior pressure, though, like I don't know if there's a better duo but than John Allen and Deron Payne. You know, obviously Aaron Donald and literally anybody that's an NFL caliber player next to Aaron Donald would have a say about that. But Allen and Payne as, a, as like even distribution of talent, good luck finding two better than those guys. Um, both first-round picks. Allen's already signed a massive extension. Payne's going to get paid in a major way this offseason. And they deserve it. They are, and, and not only are they good run players, like they are both excellent interior pass rushers. Um, and guys who understand how to rush together. Um, they they stunt, they twist, they understand also if Kirk tries to get the ball out quick, like, hey, let's get our hands up. They bat down a, bun- a bunch of balls. And I think what's been really interesting, Dane, about their season is the consistency with which those guys make big plays. So, yeah, they might give up a big play and all of a sudden the team's in the red zone or they give up six, seven runs in a row. All of a sudden, the team's down in the red zone. This happened uh, in an early drive for Indianapolis last week. The Indy finally got going. They got the run game going. They're gashing them six, seven yards of carry. Jonathan Taylor busts a big one. And then John Allen, boom, on first down, in, the, in like first in, I think it was first and 10 from the 15, tackle for, five, tackle for loss for five. Now, all of a sudden, Indy's got a throw on second and 15. Allen helps uh, flush Ellinger out of the pocket, hits him, and Ellinger fumbles. And next thing you know, zero points, back the other way, they go. And the consistency with which they might give up a big play, save it from an initial touchdown, and then make a big play themselves has been really phenomenal. So they'll give up some yards at times, but they will not break. Um, And that's going to be the question is, like, can Minnesota turn those big plays into touchdowns? And can they take advantage of some of the other busts that other teams have not been able to take advantage of the past couple of weeks, including Aaron Rodgers, uh, because as you guys well know, uh, he doesn't have anyone to throw to that he likes. For sure. Awesome. We'll wrap it there. Uh, you know, it should be a good game this Sunday. Um, I think a, probably a better game than than, than most were expecting. Um, curious to see kind of how everything kind of plays out. Kirk's talked about his return to Washington, obviously something he looks forward to. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for stopping by. That, that's all we have for this episode of Inside Purpling Bold. Like I said, for Craig Hoffman, I'm Dane Mizutani. Thanks for stopping by. We're out.